What up, mother shuckers? I'm here to tell some corny jokes. Hi, hey, hello, welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. You already know the deal. You've presumably been listening for 17 episodes previous. Let's just get right into it. Uh, I got three things to talk about, three big things that I want to hit. It's been a while, I know, I'm sorry, I try to stay on top of it, it's really difficult. I have morning lifting, which means I have to get up at 5.30 to go lift, and then I have all of school, and then I have practice after school, and, you know, we got the cat shelter, and we got, like, you know, homework, it just, it gets to be a lot. You guys get it, I'm sure, but you know what? Making the time, I'm carving it out tonight. Not a big homework load, which is to say, no homework at all. So, I'm going to grind this out, and then I'm going to go play video games. Uh, okay. Actually, you know what? Bump that up to four things. I'm going to start off with video games, actually. Because I just got an Xbox. First time I've ever had a console in my life. I'm very excited about it. And um, I played COD, the Modern Warfare. And I, I beat the campaign. And I had a lot of fun playing it. It was it was really fun, and I would highly recommend it. It's like, I, I mean, I can't speak too much to the story, because most of the time I was playing while listening to something else, like music or a podcast, or um, I just straight up wasn't paying attention. But I liked how sprawling the story was, and how many different types of military tactics and different weapons it exposes you to. And uh, just, like, the variety in the gameplay, stuff like the the camera mission was a big st- uh, standout where you direct a woman uh, out of a, a building that's been taken over by terrorists by directing her through the cameras, like you're looking at the security cameras. That was really fun. That was a standout for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, it just does a lot. There's sniping missions. There's stuff where you use a little... Um, like a little laser pointer that fires or, or like directs a rocket to be fired where you pointed it. I liked that weapon a lot. Uh, there's, there's yeah, just like interesting tactics it exposes you to, like shooting a, shooting like a hanging flare in the air to get a couple seconds of light so you can snipe uh, like oncoming forces and stuff. That was really cool. I liked a lot of the night missions. Especially the one where, and it did take me a long time, but the one where you're, you have like four objectives, you have to search four different buildings to try to find uh, this one guy, and uh, it switches, like, it starts out, you're in regular, regular vision, and then you go to night vision, and I, I don't know, it's just very interesting, I, I like it a lot, it was, uh, it was a very fun mission, and it, it kept me really engaged, uh, I liked a lot of it. And the flashback stuff, that was actually, that was another big standout, defeating the soldier and then taking the gun and taking out the other two soldiers with the, like, the kind of phone scam in the countryside. That was, that was really fun. Uh, yeah, overall, it was just really, really good. And I will say, the cold open to the game where the suicide bomber steps out of the truck and, um, and he, like, presses the trigger and then just cuts to modern warfare, that was really, really good. And that immediately grabbed my attention. I like that a lot. It was a good way to start the game. So overall, I definitely recommend it. I can't attest to the quality of a lot of the other uh, COD games, especially not the more recent ones, just because I haven't really played them at all. 
So I would say that this is a 10 out of 10 best COD game I've ever played, and I've only ever played this and Black's, Black, excuse me, Black Ops 2. So, I mean, between the two, I like this one more. So, yeah. But I'm starting to get into multiplayer more, too, and try and uh, co-op stuff. And, and I'll probably start the, the DLC pretty soon. So, yeah, that's really fun, and I'm excited for what comes next. And then... Um, there were two movies I wanted to talk about and a trip that I just took. So, I... Uh, I think I'll start off with, this is kind of a controversial take, I'm sorry everybody, but uh, I watched Black Panther again the other day for the first time in a little while, and I, w- I was babysitting, so it was like, you know, I kind of just let him pick the movie, and I was, you know, I was, wasn't was mad about it, there was, there was stuff I would have rather watched for sure, but, um, but yeah, I was, I was fine with it, and when I was going into it, I would definitely say I was expecting to like it more than I did when I left, or not left, but like when we finished up the movie. Uh, I don't know. I remember liking it a lot more, and certainly the last time I watched it, I liked it a lot more. But I think this time, a lot of what got to me, and this is, this just stood out to me a lot, because... It's been a minute since I've seen it, but the CG in this movie is unexcusable. And I totally understand recently why the Marvel movies have become much more heavily reliant on CG to the point where it's, like, almost ridiculous. Like, there's shot breakdowns where it's supposed to be, like, look how amazing it is that this looked like this before there was CG. Um, Especially stuff from my favorite Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man Far From Home, where you... uh, you see, like, the before and after of some of these shots, and it's, like, just a simple um, medium shot of Nick Fury in, a in like, his office, and he's holding a gun, but the background's not real, the table's not real, the gun's not real, the chair's not real, I don't even think he has an eye patch on, like, it's insane. Like, they might as well just have them show up naked and then just uh, wave their hands around where the guns would be, because that's basically what they do like they a lot of the times they paint the suits on top of them and then they add like all kinds of stuff everywhere around it's it's insane the um this is kind of pointed out to me through a youtube video where i didn't really consider but the amount of time and the crazy workload that the animators and the cg artists must have like that's got to be unreal i hope those are high paying jobs but yeah that's that's crazy, but I normally it doesn't bother me, and certainly the last time I saw it, it didn't stick out to me as much, but it really started to take me out of the movie how horrible the CG looks. Like, this is on par, if not worse, than Matrix, the the second Matrix movie, the really infamous clip where it switches from live action to CG, and he's fighting all the Agent Smiths in that park. Uh, that, it's, like, almost as bad as that. Just so rubbery and, like, it looks like a PS2 game. It's awful, and it's really hard for me to watch. Uh, just, like, because it, it takes me out of it so hard. Like, I, it's very hard for me to invest in something that is so obviously not there. And then, uh, I think beyond that, I just, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling the story as much this time around, and I, 
this, like I said, I've been really busy, so I've sort of forgotten a lot of the things that I wanted to say about this movie. I probably should have got to it sooner, but, um, I don't know. There was just, there's just a lot about it that just didn't quite sit with, with me upon a, a more recent rewatch. And I think that just might start to happen. The more I watch these movies, the more I might, uh, I don't know, just the shine might wear off a little bit more, but, um, I don't know. I did, I did say, did think that, um, that there are a lot of really good performances in the movie and I liked that a lot. Uh, for sure the, uh, the Michael B. Jordan's performance is fantastic and he's easily my favorite part of the whole movie. And, uh, Chadwick Boseman is really good. I don't, I don't know, a lot of what he has I don't think is as compelling as some of the stuff that other characters have to deal with in the movie, nor do I think that he's giving as good a performance as Michael B. Jordan. I just think that Michael B. Jordan really stands out, but it's still, it's still really good. I I don't know, I guess some of what I I saw at this time was just how often the story completely, either the story or the action completely screeches to a halt for a joke and oftentimes an unnecessary one just like how awkward the pace is and it just it seems so choppy because it's just like you know dialogue or action or whatever and then a joke and you like really pause for a beat because the audience is laughing and then it gets back to the movie and that's just like that's really weird it's a very clear difference to something like uh I don't know, Mission Impossible or even some of the other Marvel movies where jokes are told while action is still happening. Like, you don't just completely stop everything for a joke to happen. Uh, I'm thinking right now about when he's running across the rooftops in... Oh, I don't even remember where they are. But they're they're somewhere. And um, Benji's, like, readjusting his his iPad or whatever because he, like has it upside down, and then it's not in 3D mode or whatever, but the whole time, he's still in the back of that van, they're still driving, and then Tom Cruise is still running, the music's still going, you don't totally stop for, like, a whole beat just to really let that sink in, and it's just more propulsive, and it's less, um, it's less discursive, I just, I think it flows a lot better, and it's a lot easier for me to continuously invest in what's going on, uh, and then aside from that, this is totally a nitpick, and obviously this is never going to happen, but I do think it would have been a much more interesting story if either of these two things would have happened. If, A, they would have burned all the the heart-shaped herbs, like if Nakia didn't get to them fast enough and Killmonger burned them before she could get, you know, the last one. And if he goes into that fight, if... if Black Panther goes into the fight with Killmonger at the end, depowered, I think that would have made for a very interesting film, or or interesting conclusion, moreover. And it wouldn't have just evolved into two equally powered people in very similar suits, which both suits have the exact same abilities, just kind of mindlessly duking it out on, like, a weird train thing. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's not very interesting. You never feel that he's going to lose, especially even when he's thrown over the waterfall, like, sure, it's, it's kind of shocking, because you don't expect to see it, but, like, I never for a second thought 
even the first time I watched it, that he was actually dead. Which brings me to something I think that would have been more interesting. And like I said, obviously this was never going to happen, but is if he actually did die and one of the, either one of the women or one of, um, one of the mountain tribe people, if one of them took it, that would have been so much more interesting. And that would have been really, really good. And then, yeah, I don't know. I think those are my main points. I just didn't, it just didn't hit me quite the way that it did the last time. Uh, I think some of the aspects of the story could have been developed more scenes focused just on, uh, just on side characters that seem to, that seem to want to give them an arc, but just can't quite nail it because there's not enough of them in the movie. Somebody like Okoye or, uh, Wakabi, I think. Yeah, both of them, I think, could have benefited from that a lot, but anyway, uh, that's, yeah, that's my really, really jumbled and not very unified thoughts on Black Panther. Uh, these, this should be a little bit better, and I don't have as much to say about it. Uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, I went to see that the other day with my dad, and that was a really good theater experience. Uh, I saw one of my friends at the theater, or, or one of the guys I've been running into more recently because of sports at the theater. That was fun. Uh, I got to, um, I don't know, go to the theaters in general. I think that was... That was fun. I haven't been in a while. And to be honest, I wasn't super looking forward to it because I was kind of anticipating, like, someone will be on their phone or someone will be talking or whatever. And it's just, you know, it's not also the type of movie that I would generally go to the theater for. That's definitely something I'd wait to rent. But despite my cynicism walking in, I did feel really good walking out. And a large part of that was how good the movie is. This is not a movie I had high expectations for. This is not a movie I knew much about. I didn't know anything about the story of this film until my dad told me about the real-life events in the car to the movie. I totally thought that this was going to be that, like, Christian Bale was Ford and Mark da- or Matt Damon was Ferrari or something, and I thought they were going to raise each other. Um, and that's not what this movie is at all. It's... Uh, Matt Damon as Carol Shelby and Christian Bale as that other guy, and uh, it's it's really good. I gotta take a second and say that Matt Damon is really really good in this movie. While Christian Bale is, I guess he's technically giving the best performance because he always is, but um, and because I feel like he definitely disappears into this character more than Matt Damon does. Uh, I don't just. He's, like, quite the chameleon. But, uh... But, yeah, he's definitely the heart and soul of this movie, and a lot of the emotion comes down to uh, beats with his character. But Matt Damon is so cool immediately. Like, I think the moment that I went from being, like, kind of intrigued to, like, whoa, this is actually really good, was when uh, he's sleeping in his trailer and like the guy's knocking on the door like hey you need to get up you need to get up and he's like he's kind of rolling around and then you cut to the exterior and then the door opens and he's like fully dressed he's totally got the charm on he's chewing gum he looks like completely composed and the whole movie just the effortless swagger and coolness to this guy like that has a really good character and he pulls that off so well that's not a side of Matt Damon that I think I've ever seen and 
he was so good at it. Like, it just, he felt so natural in it, and it was really, really good. And then the whole dynamic with Christian Bale and his family and, and what he's trying to, to achieve and, and a lot of the stuff that's on the line for this, that was all really good. Uh, the racing sequences are superbly directed. The, I mean, the amount of work that must have gone into, like, matching these cuts and, like, making sure that this is logical and easy to follow, I can't even imagine it. Like, how many shots that these editors would have had to compile and how well-planned all of this would have to be so that you get, like, the stunt drivers are all doing what they need to do and they're, like, hitting their marks, which, how do you hit a mark in a car? That's crazy to me. But then just how well they're framed and, and oh, man, it's it's insane. It's, it's so well-directed. I was really taken aback by that. And I think another one of the best things that this movie does in terms of the racing scenes and this is evident from the first scene like the opening moments is that there are a lot of cuts to close-ups of whoever's driving the car as they're going through a really intense race and I think that is imperative to this movie and how it keeps it from the opening seconds uh, centric on characters and this is I don't want to say a character study because I'm not sure that's quite the right word, but uh, this is definitely a character-driven story. This isn't like Fast and the Furious or something. It's not about the spectacle. It's not about the cars. It's definitely about the relationship that builds between the two main characters and how they affect like a lot of the world around them and how it seems that everyone else wants to push them down and kind of how they rise up and, and triumph against it. That was That's definitely the heart of this movie, and you get that immediately because you never forget that there's a real person, a real character driving these cars. It's not just a CGI car driving down a CGI track, which is probably how Marvel would have done it. But you you see and you sympathize with the person behind the wheel. And I think that's really important and something this movie nails immediately. And then another thing that I really liked was uh, the score. I was not expecting the score to be as good as it was. And, I I mean, I wish I knew which track it was because I haven't actually listened to it on its own. But whatever track that plays, when he races with his son and they end up parked in the, the, uh, I guess it's like an airport or something where they're racing maybe. It's, uh, or, yeah, wherever they're racing, they, they park in the middle. And they both get out and they just kind of sit there. And he talks to him about the perfect lap and everything. The score under that moment was amazing. I was like borderline tearing up, like definitely blowing dust in the theater. That was so good. Like that was so good. It it hit so hard and it's hard to even describe or really replicate. It was just so perfect for that moment. And how seamlessly it goes from this really heartfelt talk with his son and and really feel the feels to just like, want to go get ice cream? That was so good. And man, was Christian Bale really good in that moment. Uh, yeah, so I, I do have uh, just, just two, just two really small negatives. Uh, I think that this movie is just a bit too long. For the most part, it's very propulsive, and I do feel that it is positively fantastic and very well-paced. And it covers a lot of ground very efficiently. And 
uh, it keeps, it certainly kept me interested in a story that I would not have been really interested in otherwise. So I applaud it for that, and that was really commendable. However, I do think it starts to drag, and there's just maybe one or two too many scenes of, like, someone going to, into an office of, of big car business, and uh-oh, they don't like whatever you have to say. I don't know. Even even if you don't take any of it out, if you just shorten it a little bit, I think that would have gone a long way in keeping this even tighter. Because that is, as it is, it's two and a half hours, and that just seems just a bit excessive for me. I think this movie could have easily been closer to 2.15 or, or just like two two ten two hours, somewhere in that margin. Uh, but, but as it is, I definitely don't think that's a huge problem with the movie, and it would definitely not keep me from watching it again. I actually look forward to watching this again, which is something I didn't think I would say. And then I think that the moment where... Uh, where Christian Bale's wife in the movie is freaking out in the car and she's starts speeding and, and he's like, slow down, slow down, what are you doing? And all that stuff. I think that came a little too early in the movie from how I saw it. I think that he he hadn't really done anything too terrible that like seemed it really bothered her. I don't think that was sufficiently built up uh, on his part or hers, and I don't think that she that, that freak out was really warranted. It seemed like it should have come a lot later, uh, and I also didn't really get. And maybe this was just I wasn't totally engaged at that point, but I didn't totally get that he w- had sworn off racing. Like I th- I thought it was more like I'll quit, I'll quit, and she's like you'd be miserable. And so it seemed more like a moment of indecision rather than like a, no, he's definitely gonna quit. So I definitely just wasn't prepared for that, and I don't think that the movie was necessarily either. But still, small potatoes. This this was a really good movie, and James Mangold, my God, he is a really really good filmmaker. And I didn't know that he directed this movie until I saw the credits. So that was a huge surprise for me, and uh, and yeah, I look forward to whatever he's doing next. He's a really good filmmaker, and and yeah. Uh, I want to briefly touch on, I saw a trailer for, uh, oh, I don't remember the name, but it's about the the bombing of the Olympics in Atlanta, the bomb in Centennial Park. It's a Clint Eastwood movie, and that really intrigued me too. That trailer was really good. Whoever cuts his trailers is really, really good at like generating suspense and a really palpable sense of tension in just like two and a half minutes. It's crazy. It might not even be the same people, but I have a, I have a suspicion it is because this was very reminiscent of the trailer for Sully, which I would not have been interested in seeing that movie. But that was a really good trailer, and it was good enough that I saw it, and I saw it multiple times. Not in the theater, but I have seen it more than once. And I definitely look forward to watching this movie too because... The trailer was so good and so intriguing. Like, I actually, I went on CNN and I read about it and I found out when it, you know, when it's going to be out and stuff. So I definitely have my eye on it. I'm excited to watch it. Okay, and then the last thing I wanted to, to talk about was a recent trip I took to Lancaster. Lancaster, PA. Uh, it's it's a, a fairly small-sized city in Pennsylvania. It's no Pittsburgh or Philly, and... Uh, I've never been there, or I had never been there until a couple, 
two weeks ago, I think now. I, yeah, I've never been. And it was, it was really fun. It was a great day trip. My mom sort of surprised me about midway through the week and told me that we were going to do this. I was really excited to do it. And we went, so we went down to Harrisburg, the capital of PA, and we took the train from Harrisburg to Lancaster, which was a nice train ride. We, uh, we don't take the train very often. It's been, I think it might have been since the, my very first trip to New York when I was six years old when that we last took Amtrak. But yeah, that was really fun. I really dig traveling like that. It's so crazy. And especially how fast we whip by so many like small towns and cornfields and forests and playgrounds and crap. Like that was crazy. We we put a lot of cars to shame, guys. And then uh but yeah, we we got there and it was so cool just walking around. We went to like a really really good little coffee shop. Uh ranked number 1 coffee in the state and I can definitely see why. I really really liked uh, the service and the coffee. The coffee was fantastic, but I think the service is more what stood out to me. The dude was super friendly and super helpful. He told us a bunch of stuff that we probably wouldn't have checked out otherwise and gave us some cool directions around the city. And he was like a foam artist. Like, he made me a little leaf. And then he was so smooth, he gave me the cup and the lid separate so I could see his art. Like, that was awesome. I was looking at it anyway. I was like starstruck with the the skill with which this man coffeeed that coffee but uh but yeah it was it was so cool that was a great first stop and then okay so I I might have had like a small stroke or something I don't know what I was thinking I told my mom I wanted to go vintage shopping now when I was thinking vintage shopping I was thinking vintage shopping like how me goes or Travis Scott must go vintage shopping which is just going clothes shopping for a bunch of weird old band t-shirts and like faded tie-dye and overwashed and over-dyed and oversized shirts and stuff like that. I, that's, that's what I was expecting. That was what I was trying to purchase to expand the wardrobe. That is not what we ended up going to. We were in these super kitschy, uh, super... I don't want to say corny, that's not the right word, but I, I think Kitchy's kind of does the trick. It's like, I, I just, uh, it was kind of the antithesis of the type of shopping and like the type of, type of lifestyle that I kind of like. And I also was not expecting that a lot of the stuff is geared at women and almost all of the stuff that I ended up being like, oh, oh okay, I could go for that. Double XL or larger. And I am very small. I'm super skinny and not that tall, so that obviously wasn't going to work out. So I didn't find much. I actually didn't end up buying anything vintage, which kind of sucked, but it's okay. I'll keep my eyes peeled. Uh, Although, when we got further downtown, although, you know what, I don't, I don't want to totally discredit it. I'm glad I tried it, and I'm glad I gave it, gave it a shot. Uh, I need to find uh, something else, like a different approach for for that type of clothes that I'm trying to go for. But it was really fun, and I'm not trying to crap on it. If that's your thing, I totally get it, and I'm happy for you. That just that was not what I was trying to go for, and so yeah, I didn't really have a I don't know. That's that's just not my taste. But but it it wasn't like I wasn't having a bad time. It was still really fun, and I'm glad I went. But whatever, we we, we went farther downtown, and we hit a villa. 
Now, this is so surprising because this is not a villa like the villas at the mall or the villas that I've been to in the past, like uh, like ones in Massachusetts or the ones closer to Harrisburg or whatever, where it's big, but it's still kind of small. This was like a villa that you could go to for one of those sneaker shopping with Complex. This was so cool. Like, we walked in and it was just perfect. Like, oh my god. I just went crazy, man. I totally cashed out. That was, oh, dude, we got so many nice shirts. That was so fun. And it was very clear immediately that is the shopping that I like the most. And that's kind of where I should stay, uh, shopping like that. But, yeah, that was super fun. I got some really, really awesome Nike shirts. That was great. And I found a jacket that I didn't end up getting, but I did really like. So I'll keep that. Uh, keep that in mind, because I'm going to King of Prussia for my birthday, which is pretty soon. I'll definitely have to talk about that, but, uh, what else, where else did we go? We went to a market. I don't remember what it's called. I'm sorry, this is super unprofessional, but I went to a market, and it's kind of like Kensington Market or, uh, or Fennel Hall. It's, but it's, or, um, Second Street? No, Market Street. Wait, What? Oh, I can't think of it. Um, Front Street? Yeah, Front Street Market? No, that doesn't sound right. I don't know. It's very similar to a market in Harrisburg, too, but it's just a giant complex for food and drinks and all kinds of locally grown stuff and all kinds of, like, weird, uh, weird different ethnic foods and stuff. Sorry, not that ethnic foods are weird. Guys, I'm really off my game tonight. I don't know if you can notice, but... um. But yeah, that was really fun. We got lunch, and then we walked a little bit more around the city, past a guy with one of the most resonant speaking voices I've ever experienced, uh, yelling something about where will you spend eternity? I don't know. Uh, and yeah, we just kind of walked around, and we went, we had a few different places, and and yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then I ended up getting V for Vendetta f- uh, from a comic store that was right across the street from the train station. So that was really cool too. I had a I had a lot of fun. It was a it was a great day, and then I ended it with babysitting, and watching Black Panther and all that. So, yeah, that was all really really cool, and I had a I had a great time. I would recommend Lancaster. It's not a ton to do there, but I I think it's I think it's fun enough. It's worth the trip. Definitely go to Philly first though if you have the choice. Um, okay okay okay. Uh, that's a that's about all I have to say. I'm sorry, I'm going to try to get out of here uh, pretty soon. I feel like I've just been rambling about ostensibly nothing for the past half hour. But before I get out of here, I am grateful that I decided to try diving. Diving is by far my favorite sport that I've ever played. Maybe even more fun than gymnastics. And it is... I don't know. I, like, I don't... I don't dread it, but I also don't, like, super look forward to practice every day, especially when I'm super tired from morning lifting, but... It's so fun, and it's so worth it, and I, like, I feel so happy after I leave. It's, uh, it's just really great, and I've been loving it so far. So, yeah, I'm grateful for diving. All right, loyal listeners, thank you, as always, for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to show your support for the show, I would appreciate it even more if you would give me a five-star review. You can do that right in app, uh... 
if you already have or if you just don't feel like it, totally understand. Maybe you want to keep up with the show on social media. If you do, you can do that at Movies and More Pod uh, on Instagram, where I'll be posting uh, pictures about what movies I might cover, updates for when new episodes are posted, all that kind of stuff. You can you can catch that there. If you want to follow me specifically and see some some pictures of what I've been up to or whatever whatever music I'm listening to, hint hint, it's usually rap. It's always rap. Uh, you can follow me at geovangelia one on Instagram. And if none of that floats your boat, totally get it. Uh, you can email me at moviesandmorepod at gmail dot com, where you can write in. Any comments, suggestions, whatever uh, you want to do for the show. I'd be happy to talk to you. So, yeah. uh, Like I said, thanks as always for listening. I hope you have a great day and a great week. And I'll I'll probably see you soon. I'll try to make the next episode sooner. 